Good evening, everybody, and a very warm welcome to a spiritual lyceum night here from the Paul Christian Spiritualist Church in Paul in Dorset. We have got an absolutely wonderful speaker with us tonight, Mr. Leonard Tatt. Leonard, good evening, sir. Good evening. Thank you so much for taking this evening for us and sharing your knowledge, your understanding with all of those people who'll be joining us tonight or later on on Catch Up. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Welcome, my pleasure. Leonard, I uh, cheated a little bit <laughs> and I find a biography of you today online. Yep. So I've been reading through with that. So you, you were brought up in a religious uh, environment from this biography, is that correct? Yeah, yeah uh, my family were very Roman Catholic, so um, I mean that was especially important to my mother. Um, so yeah, going to uh, you know mass every week and a, and a Catholic school and um, all that very much. Lovely. Did, did you find that that uh, religious experience at the young age is sort of like part of the fundamentals and the building blocks for when you started on your spiritual journey? Uh, no. Um, I mean, uh, growing up for me, uh, you know, I didn't know anything else. That was, uh, you know, we were talking about this earlier. You know, growing up, uh, God chose three things, your family, your religion and your football team. Uh, I didn't think that there was absolutely anything else uh, for me other than the family, um, you know, the, the religious background that I'd been born, born into. Um, so, yeah, my parents would very much not have looked outside of, of Catholicism, uh, doing so would have, um, you know, meant alienation uh, for for them from their religion. My father yeah. taught a, a, a Catholic school, uh, which was actually um, a, a Christian brothers' school, or the, the the French version of that, which are called the De La Salle brothers. Um, and so he would have had employment problems uh, as well if we looked outside. Um, I actually, you know, came into uh, spiritualism after I'd had a um, very messy divorce, uh, which actually was very difficult for my mother too. Um, my mother, my parents were involved in uh, a Catholic organization called Marriage Encounter. So somebody in the family getting divorced uh, wasn't just against the, you know, the Catholic teaching. Uh, it, it was a failure, um, you know, to her. Uh, and in those days, you know, that sort of thing meant that you were outside the church in some way because uh, you were perceived to be. Um, it, it, it was very, very difficult to, you know, bring the, the religion and that sort of uh, thing together. I was then sent on a search because I, um, you know, had a, a deeply spiritual interest. I started searching, uh, you know, everything. Uh, and funnily enough, you know, around that time, bumped into somebody uh, who was a spiritualist. Uh, I didn't know what the term was, didn't know what it meant or anything about it. And he started telling me everything, you know, that I'd done and uh, what my hopes, dreams and, uh, and wishes were. Um, and I got really hooked when I, I went for the first time to the Arthur Finley College. Uh, friends were going there and I, out of curiosity, I thought, oh, well, I'll go along and have a look and see, you know, see what happened. Uh, and it, this week was a week won by a lovely old Glasgow medium called Albert Best. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And Albert was just exceptional. Um, he, he was very renowned for uh, giving uh, names and addresses. 
you know, not just first names. He would give the names and the addresses and postcode, and he put that down to having been a postman. Uh, but he, I mean, it, it was just absolutely exceptional. And, and um, you know, I, I felt like I was, uh, you know, I'd come home. But the problem with that was that my mother felt like I was going to hell because of, of her Catholic belief. She couldn't understand what, what I was, uh, you know, now into. Uh, and, um, yeah, it, you know, it took her years and years to, uh, you know, accept it. Um, uh, and then, of course, for, you know, for me, that started my journey into to spiritualism. But my journey's gone, uh, you know, full circle. Uh, so I was in uh, very got very involved in spiritualism, but then after being very involved in spiritualism, uh, I started um, wanting to find out more about Catholicism once more. Um, partly because I was a great reader of uh, Carl Jung, right. and Jung talks about how uh, you know he talks about the archetypes, but he also talks about how we each have a tradition and and a base, a platform to build on and that's the religion of our of our ancestors uh and that it's very important to know about that religion uh and to you know be aware of it and the, the funny thing with it is that i then began to realize that i'd been taught my religion or the catholicism very very badly interesting interesting uh, uh, so then set off uh, on a process, uh, you know, of study. Um, and I'm actually, you know, a great believer in that we, we start to think of a, of a religion more by the people that we meet and how they uh, live out their religion. I mean, there's a very big difference between religion and spirituality. People can be religious. Uh, I mean, I brush my teeth religiously. There's nothing, there's nothing spiritual about that. That's a practical everyday application that I have to do to live. Whereas spirituality is a realization that even when I haven't got teeth, I'll still be me. I'll still be, uh, you know, a, a living uh, entity. And I have to live this life somehow to reflect that. How interesting. You've really struck a chord here because we've got a lovely lady, Joan from Philadelphia, who had the same upbringing as yourself in Catholicism. Yeah. Uh, she just asked, do you view spirit as the Holy Spirit with your Catholic upbringing? Uh, the answer to that question is no. Um, the Holy Spirit, you know, if we looked at the, uh, you know, the whole essence behind the uh, the Trinity, as it's called in, in Catholicism, Father, Son, uh, and Holy Spirit, what used to be called the Holy Ghost. Uh, basically, uh, Augustine's teaching, I think, gets it very, very right, where he talks of mind, thought, and expression. Uh, so the Holy Spirit would be would be breath. It's this wonderful Hebrew word, ruah. So the breath of God went uh, and touched the waters and brought, um, you know, order to the chaos. So uh, the, the Holy Spirit is an expression of God. And it's if you looked at that, um, you know, in um, Buddhism, the belief in Buddhism that it is that every time we breathe, we say the word Om. Now, the word Om is the ancient creative name of God. So as we breathe, we are 
you know, crying God's name, which is our innermost desire, is to know God and live God and express God in everything that, that we are. It's our, the deepest longing of, of our heart to know God. And, and so the Holy Spirit is there expressing itself through our breath, but also coming back to us in the expressions that we are able to manifest in the world. Um, whereas the spirit or, or holy, you know, the, the spirit world rather is the dead people who, like me, have an essence of that breath, that divine spark, who have uh, survived death and are living on in another um, dimension of existence. So, wow. so they are they are different, but the understanding of it, I think, you know, um, helps us hugely because uh, we then realise how close God is to us, and that's what I mean about that misunderstanding in Catholicism. I grew up thinking God was a was an old man with a big white beard sitting on a cloud dispensing justice. I didn't believe that God was as close as my breath and that lived through me through everything that I did. But that idea of building on on the tradition of my ancestors helps me realize that not, not just the fact that um, I'm not just this person that was born uh, at a particular time at a particular place to a particular family, but I'm everything that went before and I'm also connected to everything that will come after. So I'm connected to the struggles, the spiritual understanding and the spiritual life of those that went before. So if I live my life well, I can actually help them in the spirit world. That's why they come back. They've got a vested interest in our lives so that through my endeavors to live out my spiritual life, I, I'm, I'm actually helping them too who are involved from the spirit world. But I actually also make an atmosphere and, and a better um, platform, if you like, for those that come after me, my uh, descendants. Uh, I'm a grandfather now, so my granddaughter and, you know, and, and whoever will come after. And, and that realisation, I think, is the essence of spirituality, that we're not just an individual. We are not islands. We are mainlands that are connected to all that ever was and all that ever will be through that breath, which is the Holy Spirit. Wonderful. <clears throat> Excuse me. Absolutely wonderful. Joan's very appreciative of that. And that uh, very thought, that very energy and essence that you uh, brought forward there about our ancestors and also our progeny going forward is something that's had a real resurgence uh, during this COVID time. There's been this real big public acknowledgement about our ancestry, about our lineage and paying homage to that and for the future generations as well. It's just sort of like taking us out of that mould of being, you know, living one day at a time and not worrying about very little else. Yep, yep. Um, we seem to have got a Chelsea fan drifted into the room, so they, they can't be doing too well at their match tonight. So it, it anyway. A little while. There's Tim, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so lovely Tim's asking, uh, say, good evening, lady. Not that it really matters, but because of your religious journey, would you now call yourself a Christian spiritualist? Uh, Christian no, I spiritualist. No, I, 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 I'm one that doesn't like these labels and, uh, and boxes. 
um, one of the things uh, you know that I've grown to realize is that, that for me spiritualism is a connection that actually links all the other religions so uh, I mean we find mediumship in every religion from Buddhism uh, you know to the tribal religions uh, you know that there are even uh, mystical experiences that are very dominant in Christianity, you know, the, the likes of Meister Eckhart, Teresa of Avila, and, and absolutely great depth of and wealth of, uh, you know, mediumship there. Uh, but the term, you know, that uh, Christian even, I, I think at times, um, yeah, I mean, I, I've moved away from that. For me, uh, you know, that individual expression of the spirit should encompass all and we limit it in a way by saying i'm a christian spiritualist or a, a buddhist spiritualist or whatever it might be yeah i, you, I can't limit, you can't limit spirit you can't <coughs> limit god god is limitless indeed and it's come up on quite a few of our presentations people have compared different factions of spiritualism against each other almost pitted and it's like, why? You know, we've got one word in common, spiritualists. No matter about the other words around it, we are all spiritualists. And the sooner we get into that energy, yep. uh, I think, the better. There is that, um, you know, realisation that God comes to us in an ind individual way. So if we've got this platform or this, this link with our ancestors, that will determine to a certain extent how I experience God and the spirit world. So all of that you could liken to being a filter. Now, for me, if God is limitless and I realize that, I can see another aspect of God or another reflection of God in each individual person that I meet. And, and that's a wonderful realisation, that, that if God is in me, then he's in everything. And if God is expressing himself in everything, I've got to, you know, um, open myself up to that wonderful encounter of expression and champion the difference. You know, I mean, we're all different in all sorts of ways. And those differences are wonderful expressions of that great creative power that is God. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. And you know what? I, I just love uh, <laughs> this way of life. I've had a few issues going on in the back of my mind at the moment. Today, I just happened to pick up a book, a Zodiac book. And if I had actually said to this guy exactly what was going on in my mind, what I read answered it. And you there have also picked up and given that expression there. So I'm absolutely loving this. Right. Um, so Tim's just acknowledging your answer there. <coughs> Excuse me, I don't know where this has come from. Sue Townsend's just asking So, do you believe that spirit pervades everything, the earth and all inhabitants? Absolutely, as we as I was saying, you know, that whole idea of, of God being breath, uh, that very essence of God is in everything that breathes. It's God that gives uh, gives life. One thing that we know is everybody dies on an outbreath. So that that idea of the breath going back to God or our, our spirit, you know, journeying on, uh, you know, I think it, it is very very important. But also, you know, that idea of God being mind. So that aspect of uh, you know mind for and and breath or inspiration. Um, if God is mind, 
even at a molecular level, we can see mind active because, you know, a, 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 an atom is not a random chaos. It, it's a miniature universe that yeah. actually in all sorts of ways expresses mind in, in all its complexity, in all its diversity. So we can see, you know, God in the universe, but you can also see God in the building block of the universe, which is the atom. So in mind and in in breath, everything. So I always start a prayer for any service, you know, the God in whom we live, move and have our very being, because everything is God. It has to be. Yeah, I, I, as science has advanced and uh, electron microscopes, etc., the more we're cutting away, there was a segment of DNA uh, was posted the other day, and the complexities of it was just awesome. Absolutely. At, you know, and we're talking something here yeah. so small we can't even comprehend how yeah. small yeah. that is. I was reading something the other day which really touches on this point because all religions are about living in the now, living in this moment. And if you think of mediumship, you know, the spirit world are always there, but sometimes when we choose to, to become aware of them through our uh, own volition, uh, we're making that moment come alive. We're opening ourselves up to something that's, that's always there. So religion is about opening ourselves up to that current moment so that we can find reality. But that's exactly what science is about. Science is about opening ourselves up to this moment to find out what that reality is. So in essence, even science is a spirituality. And it, it, it might be a spirituality of reality, but in essence, it's trying to find out where God is in this moment, the right now. Yeah, excellent. <clears throat> and again, very much of this time, uh, the advent of these talks and discussions online across the world, many, many different tongues being spoken, but all going along the similar paths. And it is very much about uh, looking as well where science and religion need to start meeting. And there are some very encouraging signs uh, yep. that scientists are actually looking for that sacred fifth element to yeah. make their equations work so opening up to that yeah. some wonderful comments coming in uh i did love that expression death on the outbreath yeah, yeah i that resonated with me as well absolutely beautiful 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 thank you sam so you yourself ended up uh as a tutor at the arthur findlay college is that correct uh, I did around the same time as Tim. Tim and I used to be uh, colleagues. Uh, um, ah, uh, right. Colleagues. Um, yeah, very much. And um, yeah, uh, I mean, great place to work, but very, very demanding. Uh, but what I was aware of when I when I was working there was the fact that uh, my journey um, had only just started. Uh, so in essence, I I wasn't ready. That there were all sorts of things. Uh, that I needed to learn, one or the main one of which was uh, self-discipline. I also mm. wanted to have an education. I mean, at, at the time, uh, you know, we used to have, and st the, the college still does, would have uh, professors and doctors and uh, university lecturers. And at the time, I hadn't even done any A-levels. 
and so at times you could be a little bit, uh, you know, intimidated. We, we can put a great deal of demands on our mediums rather than actually help them grow, develop, and, and become the medium that they were meant to be. It's like we seem to think once somebody's got a message that they're the finished article. You're not. You've just begun. You, you, you know, your hard work starts when you get to the platform. Uh, and again, there are other stages to that which, um, you know, uh, I needed to open myself up to. Uh, and life is a way of throwing curveballs at you. My journey took me to a place that I uh, that I would have said sort of two or three, even two or three years before it happened that I would not want to go in that direction. That it was not for me. That I, you know, uh, no way um, in, you know, yeah. would I ever go down that road? And lo and behold, I went down it and uh, yeah, followed where God uh, took me. I, I can completely relate to that. People kept saying to me here at Paulchurch, you'll be running this church one day. I go, no, I bloody won't. Yeah. <laughs> and suddenly, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, we're here. Yeah. Let's, let's see what that, happens. That, that's that belief that the person that you give a job to is the person that doesn't want it. You know, I mean, when people are seeking their, their own, you know, the jobs themselves, whatever it is, any position of responsibility, if somebody wants it too much, they're the last person that should have it. It's the people that, that you know, do it because somehow there's a calling that they can't ignore. And, and that's the thing about mediumship is God disturbs our mind and our hearts and there's no way that we cannot follow because we wouldn't be who we are if we didn't follow. You know, it, it's that that disturbance that makes us, uh, you know, spiritual. Yeah, yeah, and it is just being open to touching back on what you're saying about living in the now, and just you know, if you've got that confidence, that faith, that understanding of trusting that, you know, and not relying on other people validating your work because you know that your work is exactly where you should be. And if people accept that, great. If they don't accept that, actually, great. Well, I mean, for me, there's only one thing or one person that we should be, uh, you know, working spiritually for, and that's God. Uh, you know, that that's where we need to, you know, to hear, uh, you know, the praise or, or, or get the love from. Um, and uh, that's where we should always be looking. It's very easy to be swayed by all sorts of, uh, you know, um, popularity. Yeah. yeah. You know, as mediums, we very much need to keep our feet on the ground. And that's one of the wonderful things about mediumship is you can't be a medium on your own. You're, you're, you're not a medium on your own. You need to have another world and a, and a power behind you that you can't control, much in the same way as none of us created ourselves, none of us gave us life mediumship comes from a power that's outside of ourselves that wants to express itself through ourselves uh tim's asking if uh you know about philosophy being an expression of mediumship and, and i think it very much very much is i mean philosophy is great in that philosophy sometimes is likened to uh you know everybody at some point has said every opinion possible uh and you can go out there and, and pick your, you know, philosopher. 
But if you actually start investigating philosophy, there are some wonderful uh, hooks that you can, you know, pin your life on. Uh, and the philosophy of spirit is one of life and expression and uh, creativity. And, uh, and really, you know, if God is love, then that love is a creative power. And that creative power is expressive. It fills every crack with living things. It fills every space with, with life and expression. Um, yeah, and, and philosophy or looking at that should fill us with joy. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And one of the benefits of this time of being um, online and out there very much and talking to people is bringing out that knowledge and the understanding, you know, that uh, in the mainstream, people's vision of a medium is somebody who stands on the platform doing the evidential mediumship. Yet mediumship is communing with the spirit world in no matter what way that will manifest in our world. Yeah, absolutely. If God is love, wherever <coughs> you see that love expressed, then that's a medium. That's mediumship. And, and that's the power that we're talking about that allows mediumship to happen is that power of love. We can't will the dead to come and speak to us. You know, it, it's an expression of that love that, that comes through the power of God and anywhere and any expression that that love, uh, you know, manifests, that is mediumship. So for me, you know, for instance, you watch a doctor working, uh, you yeah. know, a doctor doing microsurgery, they'll tell you that, that they sometimes don't know how their hands can work in such a, a minute and detailed way. And it's like their hands aren't their own. That's mediumship. That That's something that is bigger than them working through them. And do they need to be aware of, of who it is for that to happen? Of course not. You yeah. know, it, it's the expression of that love manifesting in the world that's important. Yeah, I, I'm loving this. Thank you. It is. It <clears throat> um, Simon James and Brian Robertson were on the other night. And he recounted a beautiful tale about a chance encounter and a person's mother in spirit came through and talking. And he just said, I didn't need to say who it was or the evidence. She was just telling me where she is so that I could help her in the here and now. Yeah. And I thought that is just such a refreshing change, you know, yeah. to just know that you've got that spirit contact you've got that evidential side of it, but there's no need to broadcast it. There's no need to bring it out, say, in description. It's just like, oh, okay, right, you know, um, just talking with you and being able to bring out where you are at this time and talk about it. And I just love that. I, beautiful yeah. mediumship. Yeah. Lovely two towns end. So I think we just touched on this, but uh, she's asking, do you feel there is a need for more philosophy to help people better understand the continuance of life after death. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, well, I'm fascinated by philosophy and by the philosophers. Uh, some of, you know, it takes your breath away when you read some of, of the philosophy that, that has found expression in the world, all of which have come through forms of, uh, you know, of mediumship. Um, and 
I mean, I'll just mention another form of, for me, you know, a form of mediumship or a way of, you know, of getting into this. For instance, if I pick up and read a book, so I could pick up and read a book of Arthur Conan Doyle. Now, are the words of Arthur Conan Doyle in, you know, in what it is uh, that I'm writing? No, they're just symbols on a page. They're, that's things that have been put together and have, you know, um, have to somehow register in, a, in my mind to make meaning and to, you know, to build an image. So where is the, uh, you know, the philosophy? So if I'm reading Arthur Conan's Doyle, it's not the words on the page. They're somehow connecting to my mind. And in some way, I'm connecting to the mind of Arthur Conan Doyle and his philosophy through those books on a page. Now, if that wasn't true, we wouldn't have libraries that are absolutely enormous, full of every philosopher that's, you know, that, that's ever lived and walked uh, the earth, all of whom have some sort of expression of this uh, mediumistic power working through them. Because if God finds us and wants to work through us, um, it's God who takes up these challenges that, that are in front of us, God who brings the philosophy and, and finds the expression, and God who's leading us to a greater understanding of who and what we are. So I can connect with all of these philosophers, like, for instance, if you pick up, uh, you know, Plato's Republic or, uh, you know, whatever it might be, in some way I'm connecting to this philosopher who lived 400 yeah. years before Christ and finding out, and, and still that has relevance to my life now, which, which fascinates me. The, the life that he lived is totally different to ours, and yet I can read that book and be so fascinated by it, I'm not the same person when I put it down. Yeah. I'm uh, changed uh, by the experience. Yes, so true. So true. As I said, you know, this experience today of these things going through my mind which are causing me trouble and picking up the Zodiac messages and just opening it at random, and there were like three uh, paragraphs, and it was a direct response to where I am and how to handle it. I love this, like, this is great, I love this. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that's that wonderful awesome. thing. I mean, how many times do we have a book, and for some reason we don't read it, and it's been on the shelf for five years, and all of a sudden you pick it up yeah. and you read it, and you think, that's so relevant to my life now. And, and you then realize why you hadn't read it for five years, because it wasn't relevant five years ago when you brought it. What was it that made me buy this book that and I, I wouldn't have known where I was going to be in five years' time? I don't even know where I'm going to be tomorrow. So how yeah. can I know in five years' time, well, you know, what's going to happen? And buy a book that's going to be so relevant to my, you know, to my life, because that spirit that, that's connected to that divine power, which is God, knows where it wants to lead me. But the problem with that is, if it knows where it wants to lead me, why does it always lead me into these difficult uh, parts of my life and these challenges and obstacles? Why does it keep leading me into these situations which I wouldn't choose? Yeah. Because it's got a higher purpose. It's, it, it, it's finding an expression, um, you know, and those are the words of Wordsworth, isn't it? That we're guided by powers that we do not know and do not understand. And, and that power is our spirit, which is connected, you know, um, to that God power.
Indeed. And, you know, when we do find these situations in life or people in our life, which is normally the case, uh, a very good way I find of handling it is, what are you trying to teach me? Instead of putting out there, rallying against it, just bring it in and just say, okay, what are you trying to teach me? Why am I here? Why are you in my life? Why are you in my path at this time? And and that's even more true of the people that rub us up the wrong way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because there's a belief in, you know, I'm, at the moment I'm studying, I've done a counselling course, but at the moment I'm, I'm doing a, um, starting an MA in psychosynthesis. But the belief is that whatever we see in other people that rubs us up the wrong way is in us, but we're not ready to accept it yet. I mean, we know that to a certain extent. You know, you hear people talk about others. Oh, they're a gossip. And you think, yeah, but so are you. You know, yeah. we, we do it all the time. That's why it's incumbent upon us to look for the best in others because then we're finding the best in ourselves. That's that mirror. And if you think of mediumship or, or, or our psychic senses, what we're doing, you know, in psychism is we're being a mirror for somebody so that they can see themselves better, you know, reflected back so that they realize they have more choices and more options in life, that they can actually rise above whatever circumstance they're in um, and thereby be what they were meant to be, which is why the psychic, um, you know, has its place in our movement, just like, you know, the, the mediumship does. Yeah, yeah, I agree there totally. So Tim's back. Lenny, one of the great debates I've had over the years with different mediums, and I have my own opinion on this, but I would love to hear your thoughts. Is God and the spirit world one and the same thing? It's a very difficult question to answer because it leads us to that question, what is God? Um, you know, and if it's God in whom we live, move and have our very, uh, our very being, then God is the spirit world. And yet there's a level of mind or um, or divinity or perfection, if we like, that is also further on than that. Uh, so um, my journey or my spiritual journey ever keeps pace with my understanding of God. Um, but always there's this place of mystery between what we understand now and that idea of perfection or, or, or the idea of, of what God is. It's actually depicted in that, um, you know, the drawing on the Sistine Chapel where you've got, um, you know, the, the hand of Adam and the hand of God, and there's a little gap between them. Uh, and that gap is mystery, you know, those parts of life uh, that we don't understand. Um, so God is the spirit world, but God is also other than the spirit world, more perfect, more pure, more loving, uh, and, and all of those. Um, you know, transcendence that we um, are aiming at. One of the other ways of understanding this, you know, is like time. We're in this time-conscious universe, but by the time we actually reach uh, God and are able to dwell with God for eternity, there is no time. We can't understand the concept of there being no time because we live in a time-conscious universe. Yeah. And and it's that which really different, you know, is the difference between God and the spirit world. Yes, God is the spirit world, but at the same time, he's beyond that. He's more pure than that. He's even being tried to reach 
by those who are in the spirit world. So they're still journeying towards, and Silver Birch is very good with this, where he talks about, you know, the realms and those circles that are above our circles that reach higher and higher up through the realms of spirit until they reach, um, you know, perfection. You also find this a lot in um, Andrew Jackson Davis, uh, you know, who talks about those those seven spheres, which yeah. we can find in all sorts of ways, you know, uh, indications of that in, in in the Bible or, you know, uh, ancient um, Hindu philosophies too. Yeah, brilliant but answer. Difficult question, difficult question to answer because it's one of those awful yes and no answers. Yeah. It's one of those things, it's an unfathomable depth, so how can you ever plumb that depth? And, and uh, that's that stuff of Meister Eckhart, <laughs> that we only know God from what God is not. So we know God is not violence. We know God is not time. We know God is not, uh, you know, condition. We know God is not dogma. So we can only know God from what he is not. But because of that, what we tend to do is we tend to limit that God. We tend to limit the yeah. the sublime coming into the world because we can't understand or even, uh, you know, contemplate what that pure love really is. Yeah, yeah, very true. Steve Evans got quite a technical question here. Uh, in your opinion, can creationism and Darwin's evolution both be true? If so, how? Just wondering about your views about how mankind came to be here, considering Homo sapiens have only been around for 200,000 years in the 4 billion years time scale of life on Earth. Thank you, Steve. Again, we get some very difficult questions to, to answer uh, here. Um, the popular view of uh, of creationism is, uh, is of course, the biblical view, which would also believe that the world is is flat and that that it was created in six days and on the seventh day. Um, you know, we need to get away from that because that that is allegory, and uh, you know, it, it, it's basically an indication, uh, you know, to to an eternal truth. Um, the best way that, that I've understood it. I mean, I believe that God created the world. Uh, and I can't remember that, whether this is Neil Donald Walsh uh, and that conversations with God, but the whole idea that, that God as, as a purity could not experience himself as a purity, so had to create the opposite so that he could create, uh, you know, like for instance, the best way of understanding this is that um, sometimes you don't realize how much love means to you until you lose it. Yeah. So we, we lose somebody that we love and we realize what a benefit they've been in, you know, in our lives. So it, it's this idea that God created a space so that he could experience himself and that space is the opposite. So basically we're then trying to uh, to journey or to experience so that we can then become who and what we really are. In other words, life is about becoming fully and truly human. And we know that to a certain extent because, you know, we'll talk about violence being inhuman or inhumane. Uh, but there are all sorts of ways of, of being inhumane or, or inhuman. We, we've got to basically as spiritual beings, 
uh, learn what good and evil is so that we might choose the good. Yeah. Which is basically, again, Darwin's theory of evolution. So uh, they do exist along, alongside each other. And I think, you know, that, that they help us understand what, uh, you know, what God is or, or what the purpose of life is. But we can't, and I'm, I'm always brought back to that there's a wonderful, in the passion drama of Jesus, there's a wonderful question that Pontius Pilate says, truth, what is truth? Because we've got this idea that truth is, is just black and white, that there is a truth and there's nothing else. But there's actually a hierarchy of truths. You know, because something is true, it doesn't make something else false. It, it just is a different perspective or, or a different, you know, um, view, uh, you know, of things, which help us grow in our understanding of who and what we are in relation to God. So in theory, we're gods in the making. If we're gods in the making, that makes us stewards, uh, you know, of creation. And by stewards, I mean, we've got to look after creation, uh, you know, in a way that reflects that divinity, which is inherent in all of creation, so that all of creation might be spiritualized. That's why I like the work of, um, of, of Tilhard de Chardin, who actually, he talks about this Amiga point. So he takes on Darwin's theory, you know, the theory of creation. He takes on this theory a little bit more, saying that all of, of creation, uh, you know, is increasing in spirituality or its vibration uh, so that it might be with God. And that's that idea that when we're spiritualized, all colors will be as one and we'll know that we are all connected. Wow, awesome. I hope that answers the question a little bit. There's lots of people that write on this. Tilhard de Chardin is, uh, you know, is fascinating. But he's this figure who was uh, ostracized by the church because of his uh, comments. Uh, but basically, you know, he's talking about how, um, you know, heaven is here in creation, that we're creating heaven. Uh, and we know that as spiritualists because... Uh, like, for instance, I mean, if I get to the spirit world, it'd be great to get to the spirit world and meet my mother and father and all those that I love. But that's not heaven because those that I've left behind are, are not there yet. So then I'll meet them and heaven will be more complete because my son and granddaughter in time will get there. But that's still not heaven because the ones that they love aren't there. And if somebody I love is somehow diminished by not being present with somebody that they love, then that can't be heaven. Heaven can only be a place where um, there's no death, but there's also no suffering and no pain and no war and no, no violence. So we're all at peace, realising we're all a piece of the creation of God that needs each other. So you know we're, we're making heaven, you know, through our, 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 our spirituality. What you've just said there, you could actually go away now and spend the next couple of years contemplating about the all aspects of heaven. That I have never heard it put that way, and it makes perfect sense. It's but so if true. you think about it, that's why our mediumship, at, at its best, is emanating a peace that actually touches everybody that we come into contact with. 
that yeah. that is what the essence of our mediumship, like we were talking of earlier, that you don't even need, you know, uh, that, that this evidence of I've got your grandmother here, she was five foot four, whatever it is, you know, it, it's this emanating a piece. So when the spirit world comes, you find this, you know, uh, very much with trance mediumship, there's a feeling and a, and a presence that's tangible that touches your heart and your soul without a doubt before even communication comes you know that you're in the presence of something bigger than yourself something more complete than yourself something that touches the very essence of your being so we get a foretaste of this now through our mediumship but it will be even more than that when actually heaven is created and where will heaven be it will be here the earth will be, you know, will be the heaven. And then we'll we'll hear people talk about, you know, well, that this universe will only last eight billion years or whatever it is. But that's because it, in that that mystery that we were talking about, that gap between us and God, there are states of existence or expression that we don't even understand yet. Yeah. But God does. Yeah. And that's why we have to let God be God and, and go on our journey to, um, you know, find that expression that he's chosen for us. Uh, what I expression has he chosen for me? <clears throat> and it can, sometimes it can be quite difficult, you know, but it's, um, you know, it's very, very important that we find out. But often we find out through our mistakes, don't we? Yes, well, and these are the greatest lessons in life. And I always say, you know, people uh, sometimes wish they were knew the answer to whatever they were embarking on or uh, were five years ahead of where they are now. But it's not that's not the point. It's the journey getting there. That is where we learn. That's where we evolve. That's where things will change. And in fact, all we have is the journey. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay, what, goes we, on. what we have is the journey. Very true, very true. And I loved you touched on there an area. I got involved in a debate on reincarnation last night. I accidentally wandered into the wrong room, mm. but uh, <laughs> but I just put forward a premise which probably didn't go down too well. Uh, when everybody was talking about reincarnation, I said, "Why is reincarnation only of this world?" why yeah. is it not of yeah. other worlds of yeah. you know we're talking to spirit in another dimension so yeah. yeah but i actually love the the ideas of reincarnation of uh, saint francis of assisi because what saint francis talked about is he talked about each day being in miniature our life so we're inca incarnated of a morning we live throughout the day we die at night and what happens in the morning? We're reincarnated. But I'm reincarnated back as me. And I get to do the same as what, I, what I've done through my incarnation. But I can choose to make this day different. But what we tend to do is we bring with us all the doubts, fears, all the, all the problems and challenges and obstacles of yesterday into that new reincarnation. And, and this is the problem that, that I have at times with reincarnation. People talk about it as if it overcomes all of their problems, and it doesn't. What it does, we bring our problems with us, and we have this opportunity in this life when we reincarnate every morning to choose today to be the best possible spiritual person that I can be. Yep.
And and I just think it's you know because that's their old you know state because when, when we're reincarnated it's the same as past life you know if you if you went back in my past life I'd want to be some king or some you know instead of this this little person who's struggling and striving and you know always failing and having to pick himself up you know we want to be somebody that that was um, you know miraculous somehow um, yeah. Life is a miracle. Being waking up, and this is the same with death. And you know, the whole purpose of uh, of spiritualism. Well, we get these you know times where part of our lives will die in this life, and we have to be ready for it to reshape itself or reconstitute itself in some way. Death's exactly the same. When we we go to sleep, we don't worry about where we're going to wake up. And that's the purpose of, uh, you know, of spiritualism is to help us realize that we will wake up somewhere, somehow, even after that last sleep, which is called death. Yeah, that, yeah. that's fascinating for me. It is it's hugely fascinating. You are putting forward thoughts and ideas uh, not very often heard. And I can tell by everybody's reaction, and including my own. It is greatly appreciated. Absolutely. Tim is still here, although he's probably yeah. sat there with his scarf on now and his rattle out ready. <laughs> Ten minutes to kick off. <laughs> so it is uh, confirming what you're saying there about feeling that presence. <clears throat> and Which those... is healing. I yeah. mean, what he's talking about there, that's healing. That's yeah. why, you know, when we're healing, we don't say anything. We're trying to manifest this presence that Tim's talking about in a tangible way. Now, our ability to manifest it, of course, you know, will be filtered by our resistance. And our resistance is our lack of spirituality, our lack of attunement with the spirit world. You know, whatever it is, our doubts and fears and, you know, all of that is is a resistance to that power manifesting its healing presence in our lives. But that, that's what healing is, is trying to do, is manifest the power of God so that somebody can walk as the, the, the creature that God created us to be. Yeah, yeah, I echo that sentiment. I find everything in spiritualism has its fundamental roots in healing. Everything. All of mediumship yeah. is healing. Everything. Exactly. Yeah. Given a message from the platform is healing, not just for us. Pardon me. There's a benefit for those in the spirit world yep. through us giving a message to their loved one who they're unable to speak to now. In other words, we embody them. We give a body to them. And that body, then they're able to express through. That's healing for them. Yeah, hugely. Uh, and I've said that time and time again here at Paul, you know, imagine two friends who just have a Barney, you know, it happens, doesn't it? We all have a little tiff, walked away, uh, both stood on their own mountains, not talking to the other one, and one passes over. How healing and cathartic is that if that one could come back and just say, you know what, I was really sorry, you know, it, it happened and accept my apology that is so much healing for the spirit world as well as that person receiving and and that's that comment about expression because you know we, we forget that in the spirit world they have fears and desires and doubts and needs and wants and 
all of the other, you know, conditions of the of the human spirit that make us human. Yeah. They're still there even when people have died. They have to be, otherwise they'd be deaf. Yeah. Is it in the Bible where the tree falleth, there it shall lay? It's yeah. it's so true, you know. Yeah. Oh, I'm so enjoying this tonight. Uh, just a quick farewell note there before Tim yeah. gets a can of beer out and starts shouting <laughs> obscenities at the TV. <laughs> Have a yeah. lovely evening, Tim. <laughs> Absolutely awesome. You've taken a lot of your work abroad as well, haven't you? Uh, to the States, Canada, Switzerland, yeah. the Shetland Islands. How did yeah, that come yeah. about? Lovely. Oh, yeah, it's a lovely place uh, to be. Uh, just I was invited and, uh, yeah, went went to work there. They have a, a spiritualist church at Lerwick. Um, yeah, run, run by a beautiful uh, woman who um, has dedicated her life to, to, you know, to bringing that there. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Do you find um, different geographical areas you either gel or meld to or some areas you find difficult to sort of like exist in for a while? Um, everywhere is something to, I mean, I, I'm excited by travel. I, I believe that it, it, that it broadens the, the mind and, uh, and the soul uh, and that you know, at times you've got to actually be somewhere for a little while to understand the culture, to, uh, you know, to understand the uh, the way of life. So everywhere has, has something to offer. I mean, I'm fascinated, you know, by history and uh, religion and the way that, that the human condition finds to express itself. Um, that sometimes when you're working mediumistically can, you know, um, create challenges. So you, you might have to adapt to wherever you're you're working, uh, but the spirit world are always there, and you can always work. Yeah, indeed. And, and that challenge at times <coughs> can be very uh, it can be a great opportunity for for growth and for investigation and for you know and again for expression. You know, to meet wherever you are. The spirit world never ever lets down. Uh, sometimes we might have to work a little bit harder to find out what they're trying to do, um, but that can be fun. Yeah, very true. Because you lived in Rome for a number of years as well. I lived, lived in Rome uh, for four years. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I loved living in uh, Italy. The Italians have a great uh, culture and, uh, and spirit, which I got very, um, you know, uh, steeped in. Um, and being you know that close i lived um on what was extra vatican territory uh but we used to you know have access to all parts of the, the vatican city and um you know these ancient churches because uh, they're a monument for me churches are a monument for our desire for this transcendent experience for you know our, our need for you know we often at our very core know that this world is not the way it's meant to be and for me, churches are an expression of the human need to overcome whatever circumstances, uh, you know, uh, we find ourselves in. It's why you find some of the most ornate churches in some of the poorest countries, uh, you know, because people are, are dedicating themselves, uh, you know, to this uh, God who they want to find and find through their creative endeavor. Yeah. 
Um, so you can go into a church and uh, and find all sorts of you know things, and also at times, I mean, I love sitting in churches when there's no one there. Just that that feeling of you know peace that um, you know that can come over you is palpable. Yeah, because you mentioned earlier about psychism. And what you know, I always say to people, first thing you do whenever you walk in a church, be it a small little church somewhere or the greatest cathedral, everybody goes quiet. Yeah, it's yeah. just that energy. The minute you walk through that door, because that place has been dedicated to prayer of help, of despair, of joy, upliftment, ceremonies, celebrating, celebrate or commiserating. Yeah. And it's all imbued in the, that one space. Yeah. And I'm a great believer that um, prayer is something that perfumes the air. Uh, you know, it, it, it can change the essence of a, of a building. You know, if, uh, I mean, um, prayer basically is spiritual exercise. People often think prayer is something that, and, and it's strange, uh, I mean, with my background, you're often, you know, in Christianity, this idea that if I pray for something to God, he will give me it, whatever it is, you know, from the, you know, the lottery numbers to great riches. But what actually happens with prayer, prayer changes me to meet the circumstance that I encounter. So, I mean, somebody that I love might be uh, ill. If I pray, I'm not going to, uh, you know, make that person better, but I might change me so that I can meet the circumstances that I'm encountering in a way that helps that person uh, in whatever circumstance they find themselves in. So prayer changes me. Um, and it, it directionalizes the mind so that, um, you know, the mind concentrates on what's important. So we'll find this whether you you know you're doing affirmations or hypnosis or, or or whatever it might be mantras or you know we're using repetitive words and symbols so that the mind can can concentrate uh, on what's important uh, and that's why we pray because you know we, I can't change anybody else I can't change how anybody else thinks feels what they do but I can change me. Yeah, and one of the best ways that I change me is through prayer. Definitely, we have a, a development circle here in the church, and one night we were working on the power of prayer. So everybody was taking, you know, because prayer is sometimes one of the hardest things to get out of people because it becomes such a personal thing that they don't have that confidence to share but we were working in that energy of you know standing up and delivering your prayer from the heart bring it out yeah. and we had a brazilian lady sat with us lovely lady and she started doing the prayer she was quite adept at it but you could just hear that you know that translation mechanism going on so i said say it in your language she went you won't understand me i said trust me say it in your language you will and she, yeah everybody got it yeah. uh, thank you that is the power of prayer yeah. that Absolutely. was an energy came into this space and it was just like wow where did that come from yeah and it's something that connects us so when somebody when somebody prays uh there's some sort of connection that you can feel when you're in their presence yeah. you know somebody praying praying properly um and it's it, it's that whole idea uh, that it's God praying through us. So if you, you know, if you really, you know, allow prayer to find this expression, 
God finds the words in you and uses them to reach other people. Yeah. And that's mediumship. And indeed, which is healing. Yeah, which is healing. <laughs> yeah, there's a theme emerging. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Leonard, I, I just can't thank you enough for tonight. Oh, um, my pleasure. If 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 we may at a future date revisit you again because you yeah. have just got so much to share. Yeah, no, uh, good. I mean, next time maybe from some of the things we've talked about, you know, this evening you might um, you know want to hone down on something you know particular. Um, yeah, we we can develop one of the themes that we've um, discussed. Whatever you want to do, it'd be um, be great please. to come again. And I know everybody has been riveted to that. And I do love that phrase, prayer perfumes the air. Ah, oh, that's yeah. absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Thank you very much. Absolutely You're brilliant, Thank Mike. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Yeah, they've all enjoyed it. We've got Good. America on, Scotland, UK, Denmark, Sweden as well so, yeah and everybody is said the same so much to think about good don't, good. For, don't forget everybody this will be available to re-watch either on the church facebook page or our youtube channel and i will also make this into a podcast for anybody if you want to download it on your phone and listen to it later on podcasts are really nice because you just listen to it you don't you're not having to sit there watch anything and it really actually i find it goes in a lot better <sighs> leonard i can't thank you enough well, you're beautiful evening you're welcome thank you wow thank you next saturday ladies and gents we have a gentleman called andy on and he helps run the team who run the veterans hub which is down in Weymouth, which is about 40 miles from Paul. Absolutely outstanding organization. They help active and uh, retired service men and women in all fields where they need assistance, including holistic treatments, housing, you name it, they will uh, step in there and help. And obviously, there is an awful lot of work going on on the mental welfare for these uh, boys and girls coming out and trying to uh, cope with things brilliant charity do so 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 much work it just worked out the only date and he was available was the 5th of june which is obviously the eve of the d-day uh, remembrance day as well so it's just uh, tied in very nicely really looking forward to hearing andy and his story of how this charity got set up where they are now, especially coming out of the COVID era, and what's lined up for the future. So, but back to tonight's guest, Leonard, sir, so, so, so indebted. It's been wonderful. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good, Good night, everybody. You can tune in now and watch Chelsea lose 2-1. All right. <laughs>